0: And our scripture reading today is found in Genesis chapter 12, verse 10 through 20. Genesis chapter 12, verse 10 through 20. Please open in your Bibles or follow us on the screen behind me. This is the Word of God. Now there was a famine in the land. So Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe. In the land. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarai, his wife, I know that you are a woman, beautiful in appearance. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say you are my sister, that it may go well with me because of you and that my life may be spared for your sake. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. And when the princes of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And for her sake, he dealt well with Abram. And he had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male servants, female servants, female donkeys, and camels. But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her for my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. And Pharaoh gave men orders concerning him. And they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see all of you. Even though you have your mascot, I could see your beautiful eyes. Praise the Lord for gathering us here together. Praise the Lord that the church really is the people of God coming together. Uh, we thank you for those of you who are live streaming with us as well. We welcome you here. And to know that together we are laboring to know God. We are laboring to worship Him. We gather here together to sing songs to Him and to ask Him to give us a heart of faith, not to follow our desires, but to follow His. There will be days, many days, many times, where you need to say no to your desires and say yes to God. There will be times when you know in your mind that this is the right thing to do before the Lord. The Lord has purchased my life with His blood. And even though I don't feel like doing it, because my flesh says, I'm the most important thing in this world. I know that's not true. Knowing God and pleasing God is the most important thing to do. We sang this song in the beginning, Though You Slay Me, and it's a difficult song to sing because it's a song that talks about the fact that God disciplines his children. That God uses difficult circumstances and God uses even the evil one for his purposes. We would like to think that in this world that we live in, that once we come to know Christ, everything will go the way that we want it to go. We have this idea in our heads and even though we know that the world is hard our convictions is come on it has to get better than this God for those of us who raise children we we try to protect our kids and say the world is okay the world is okay I will protect you from the evils and the the dysfunction of this world but we know that that can only last for so long that God's people, our duty, and my duty as your pastor, is not to sugarcoat the world. My duty as your pastor, and our duty as people who study God's word, is to see the world as God sees the world. And to live accordingly. Live according to the faith that he has given us. Live according to the resources that he has given us as well. To not be surprised by this world. To not be surprised by our own hearts. To not be surprised by the hearts of brothers and sisters. To not be surprised at the wickedness of this world. That we may live lives in the will of God, joyfully worshiping him. In our continuation in our series on the gospel according to Abraham, This theme plays out. We often think of Abraham as as a father of all faith, and we think of the good stories of Abraham. We think of the time when God asked Abraham to go and sacrifice his son Isaac, and and Abraham goes step by step willingly without knowing what's happening, just saying, Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I will do. And we look at that example and we say, here is the example of great faith. And in fact, all the major Abrahamic faiths, the Islam and religion and the Jewish religion, comes to that moment and says, this is the pinnacle of faith. But what we forget is we forget to read the entire story of Abraham from Genesis 12 to Genesis 23. And what we see there is we see a man who is deeply flawed. We see a man whose faith wavers and shakes. But in so doing, we see a great God who works out his purposes. We see a great God whose will will not be thwarted. We see a great God whose grace and mercy continues to fill this earth. Now, if we go back to Genesis 1 through 9, and as we continue to look at this, remember, there are three promises that God had given to Abraham. I will make your descendants as many as the stars in the sky and it's the sand on the shores. In other words, your seed will become great. You will become a great people. You'll become a numerous nation. A great promise given to Abraham. The second promise was the promise of land. That this land that I show you that is currently occupied by the Canaanites, this will become your land. This land that's presently Palestine in our modern day presently, the modern-day Israel as well. This will be yours, this land I will give to you. So the promise of the seed, the promise of the land, and thirdly, the promise of the nations. In other words, you yourself, when your descendants become full, when you enter into your land, you will become a blessing to all the peoples in the world People will come to you to find me, Yahweh, your God. People will come to you and see that you are a great nation filled with resources to bless everyone else. These are great promises that God had given to Abraham. Now, if we read Genesis 12 all the way through 23, And in fact, if you look at the history of Israel itself, you will see that Abraham was a man who never saw the fulfillment of any of those promises, really. But he was a man who was beholden by God and his grace and his mercy. We left off seeing that God had taken Abraham and called him out that God's plan was through this one faithful person to bring about salvation for the whole world. Abraham was that promised seed back in Genesis chapter 3 of a seed of Eve who would bring about salvation. That lineage came through Abraham. But there was a problem. His wife Sarai was barren, And so Abraham's thinking is, I'm going to be a father soon. I'm going to see many, many children and many, many grandchildren. And perhaps I will be old enough to see great-grandchildren and see at least the, the beginnings of the nation. Perhaps I'll see hundreds of people, perhaps, just through my lineage, and see the beginnings of what God is going to do. But we see that when Abraham was called, it took another 30 years before Sarah had Isaac. 30 years. It's a long time to wait. God promised I will make you great. You wait 30 years for your child. And then, when Isaac does get older and, and when Isaac finally gets married and, 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 and to, to Rebecca, he's like, okay, now I'm on a fast track. Rebecca's going to have kid after kid after kid after kid, and, and we're going to do this. He had to wait another 20 years. And so even Abraham himself as a great man, a man who has promised much, had to wait. Think of the land that he was given, Palestine, where the Canaanites were. You would think that God would give him the land right away. I'm going to give you this land, okay? Walk in, Canaanites, disperse. The angels of God are coming. They're going to they're gonna sort of move you out. We're moving in. Yeah, it's only me and my family, but just give us a while. We'll multiply pretty soon, and we'll, we'll fill this land. But the story of Abraham is one of being in Palestine, then leaving and going to Egypt, moving back through Palestine and, then, and moving back out again. Abraham never saw the fulfillment of the land that he was promised. And thirdly, Abraham was promised that you would be a blessing to all nations. But if you read the story of Abraham, you would see that they were never a blessing in Abraham's time. Sodom and Gomorrah, when they saw Abraham, they they wanted nothing to do with him. He fought wars against other nations. He wasn't a blessing. He was an enemy to the people around him. Again, Abraham in his time did not see the promises that God had for them. We can sit here for a while and and see that Abraham's faith was forward-looking, that one day these promises would be fulfilled. His expectation was my time. But the reality was that the time was in the future. In fact, the promised seed that was promised to Abraham was not the nation of Israel, but Paul rightfully tells us that in the book of Galatians, that that promised seed was not many people, but that promised seed was eventually Jesus Christ himself. For even Israel, as great a nation it was under King David, failed. But Jesus, the true Israel, is the true seed. The kingdom of God is the true land. And that Jesus himself is the true Blessing for both the Jew and the Gentile, for all the earth. Now, Abraham looked forward. We look backwards and forward. We look backwards in knowing that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all things. That there's blessings that he has for us, just like Abraham was promised blessings. But just like Abraham we too in this world will not receive everything that we think we should receive. Let me say that again. Even in this world today, this imperfect world in God's kingdom, we will not receive everything we think we should. And in fact, that which we want, we will only receive in Jesus' second coming. What is it that we desire? What is it that Scripture promised us that we should be praying for? What is it that Scripture promises that we should hope for? One, to completely be free of our sins. And to be able to completely love God and to love one another completely and perfectly. Many of us, when we became Christians, we thought that this would come to me as soon as I believed in Jesus. The Holy Spirit would so change me radically that I will be able to love God fully. Every morning, 5 a.m., worship my Lord. Every day when I go to church or every Sunday when I'm at church, I will feel God's presence. I will love the people around me. But sin persists, and our worship of God fails at many turns. Our ability to really love one another in Christ pales in comparison. And just like when Abraham tried to bless the nations and the nations turned against them, we too have experienced when we try to bless people in our church, people in this world, the world often turns against us. And just like Abraham, God calls to us and says, I am still here. I am still here. My will will not be thwarted. Your purpose in this world, that which I've called you to, you will fulfill. Just like Abraham fulfilled it, you will fulfill what I've called you to do. And whether the promise of my kingdom comes today or in the future, know that it will come. Abraham, believe me, is not in heaven right now saying to God, God, man, what a bum, rap, bum deal you gave me when I was here on Earth. I only got to see this much of your kingdom when I was here on Earth. What's up with that, man? But Abraham's in heaven praising God and saying to God, "Thank you, Lord, for the lot that you've given me. Thank you, Lord, for what you have called, what you called me to do. And we too, as God's people. should be thankful for whatever lot that he calls us to. Whatever he has given upon us to do. Many of us wish, I'm one of you. Jesus, can I in my lifetime see you come back today, please? (laughs) Please? Could I be that one? Could we be those people who see Jesus come down? Could we be the ones who are blessed to see that? I don't know. Only God knows. But I do know whatever lot that he's given to us as individuals and as a church, praise be to him. Praise be to our God. So we see here when Abram and Sarai Abram says to Sarai, Listen, when we go down there, tell them that you're my sister, not my wife. Now, he was telling a half truth. Abram's people in those days would actually marry their half sisters. It was a sign of honor, it was a sign of stature to marry within your clan. And if you had married someone outside your clan, sometimes they would say, Well, you who are outside of our, of our people group, we will adopt you as our, our, our own people. Then I'll marry you and you'll technically be my half-sister. And so it was a technicality. But Abraham, you know, we can't quote this any other way. Abraham was a coward. Fearful of the people of Egypt. The, it was a custom of the people of Egypt when, when sojourns would come through that people, Egyptians, would take wives of, people, of women that, that was pleasant to their eye and they would actually kill the husband. Now, Abraham knew that the Pharaoh himself, because he was Pharaoh, well, he might take his wife. And so the coward that he was, he said, tell me, my sister, that may go well with us and it may go well with me. So they go down and it happens just like Abram saw. They saw that Sarai was beautiful. And he told Pharaoh, and Pharaoh took her as his wife. And then Abraham had received ill-gotten gain, animals, possessions, treasures for his wife. Now, people will say that when you read this story, some scholars will say, you know, there's, why is God silent here? Why does not God come with a thunderous voice and say, Abraham, you have disavowed your wife. You have put her in mortal danger. Why, as the scholars would say, would God be silenced to someone as vulnerable as a woman in these ancient times? Don't mistake God's silence as God saying that it was okay what Abraham did. But in fact, God does something that's even more harsh. He uses the mouth of Pharaoh to rebuke Abraham. He uses the mouth of an enemy of God, of someone who was not part of God's promise, as someone whom Abraham was called to bless. And Pharaoh comes and rebukes Abraham and says, what is it that you have done? And so Abraham receives the rebuke, not from God's voice from the skies, but from God using the mouthpiece of Pharaoh himself to rebuke. God was not pleased with Abraham. This story shows us as God's people that the promises that God has given to Abraham and the fulfillment of those promises does not, that it does not rest on Abraham's ability, Abraham's strength, Abraham's will. God is not a God where he rests his kingdom upon the ability of sinful, fallen human beings. But God is a God who will fulfill his promises according to his strength, his will, and his ability. For even here, you see Abraham going the wrong way. All of us who would see that, if we saw someone say, I'm going to sell my wife, we would say, dude, we need to have an intervention. We need to talk. But in this passage, it is God who intervenes. And does he not always intervene? God is the one who sends sicknesses and plagues to to Egypt. God is the one who who tells Pharaoh, Pharaoh, this is wrong. This is Abram's wife. God is the one who intervenes and tells tells, uh, Pharaoh, listen, you need to return her to him. God is the one who will not allow his covenant, his promise that his kingdom may be fulfilled, that one day all peoples will be saved through him. He will not put that in jeopardy. But instead, he will intervene until his kingdom and his will be done. And that's what God did. Because Abraham was chosen by God. Sarah was chosen by God to one day, through their seed, bring about salvation to many. I do not understand when people read the Bible, how they can read the Bible and see nothing but perfection. I do not understand how when people read the Bible and and look at the characters of people, and and they see only people who've been faithful and perfect towards the Lord. When I read the Bible, and when you read the Bible carefully, you will see that every single character in Scripture is not simply flawed, but is sinful. It's not simply flawed, but enemies of God. Not simply flawed, but people, if they were allowed to go their own way, would be a detriment to God's plan. The story of Scripture is that there needs to be the one seed who will come and be faithful to God, who will come to to obey everything that God commands, who will one day bring salvation by obeying the Lord. And that person... Brothers and sisters, we know who it is. It's Christ Jesus himself. It is he that we worship. We do not worship Abraham. We do not want to be like Abraham. We do not want to live the life that he lived. We don't even want to live the life of fighting sin now, even in the light of Christ. But we live because of Christ. His love for us. It is Him who is perfect. It is Him who is that promised seed. And we come before Him, lifting our praises unto Him. Brothers and sisters, there isn't too much sort of practicality here in terms of do X, Y, and Z to grow your Christian life. There isn't too much of sort of, here are some practical applications of what you can do A, B, and C to grow your life. This is more about reorienting your heart again. It is to hammer in the belief system that God has given us by the Holy Spirit of what is right and what is wrong it is hammering in in our hearts once again that when we see society and see this world, we can interpret it correctly and we can respond to it correctly. But before we be able to do anything practically, we need to be able to assess what God is doing in history, assess what is happening in our lives so that we can respond in the way that faith demands. So the truth is What? We must look to Christ and Christ alone. Abraham looked to Christ. Moses looked to Christ. Elijah looked to Christ. We must look to Christ. Second, God had a special, God had a purpose from Abraham. And let me tell you, if you read the story of Abraham and you, and you see what God promised him and what Abraham actually got, 99% of you would say, I don't want that deal. If you're a good businessman, you would say, I don't want that deal. He suffered a lot. He did not get to see everything God promised the life that God has given you today. Don't look at your life and say, I don't like this deal. Don't look in your life and say, God, can can this be like a video game? Can I reset, restart? Can I pick a different character? God has chosen you and given you the life that you have. And he will use every circumstance in your life. He will use even your times of disobedience in your life. He will enter into your world continually, just like he did with Abraham, and he will save you. He will save you from yourselves. Trust in him. Take those steps to trust in him. Be quick to repent when God reveals to you the wrong steps. Be quick to do what is right when God shows you. Praise Him in those moments when you feel like He's slaying you. And praise Him when He gives you a glimpse of His glory. Our Jesus loves us. Our God loves us. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your love and Your mercy in all things. Lord, when we look at Abraham, we see a man who is flawed. Lord, in fact, if we studied anyone in scripture, we would see flaws. We would see sin. We would see men and women who are opposed to you. But Lord, you show us that the greatest good for us is to be in your will. Not to be in ours, not to be in anyone else's, but to be in your will. And so we thank you that you always intervene, that your kingdom cannot be thwarted, that your kingdom will come on this earth, that your kingdom will come in our own individual lives and the life here of CCPC as well. So Lord, when we see you working in our lives, when there are times when you draw us to you, when there are times when scripture grabs us, when there are times when we hear your voice to say no to unrighteousness and yes to you, Lord God. Father, help us, Lord, to heed your voice and to walk in your will. For Father, we know that being in your presence and we know, Lord, that the promise of your second coming, the promise of eternity with you, that that would be given to us. And so we long, just as Abraham longed, to see all your promises fulfilled. But for the time being, Lord God, we are content with what you have given to us. And we are content to live a life of love, to love you and to love others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.